the book of Isaiah, chapter number 43. Isaiah chapter 43, certainly desire your prayers tonight that the Lord would help us. And I probably won't be very long tonight. Don't feel like I have a whole lot on me. And I know that this uh, change in time uh, makes our flesh weary. And I don't want to weary you tonight, but I want to try my best to be a help to you. If the Lord will make us a help and a blessing, that's my heart's desires to be a blessing unto you and that we can leave better than we come because of the help of the Lord in our midst tonight. Isaiah chapter number 43, when you found your place, if you're able and willing to do so, we'll stand together out of reverence and honor to the reading of the Word of God. Isaiah chapter 43, I just want to read one verse and then try to use that verse to give you the thought that the Lord has put on our heart for the service tonight. Isaiah chapter number 43, and I want to read verse number 16. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Now, to put it in its context here in the book of Isaiah that we're reading from tonight in chapter number 43, the Lord is foretelling the destruction of Babylon and the deliverance of the people of God. And in doing so, he references his work in days gone by. This will not be the first time that the Lord has proved to have a miraculous deliverance for his people. This will not be the first time that the Lord will make a way when it seemed as though there was no way. We were in uh, before service this morning, we were talking amongst ourselves this morning and uh, it come up in the conversation, I'm really not even sure, can't remember how it come up about the Lord uh, parting the Red Sea and making a way for the people of God to cross. And that is the event that's being referenced here, the fact that the Bible said, Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. That's what's being referenced here, is when God parted the Red Sea and allowed the children of Israel to cross and gave them deliverance from Pharaoh and his army. But that conversation came up this morning before the service and this afternoon I was praying and asking God what he wanted me to preach tonight, what he wanted me to do or say. And I couldn't get away from that scripture, that record in the word of God and what kept coming up to my heart and my mind here in this verse it's mentioned. It's the fact that the Bible said the Lord which maketh a way. And God kept working in my heart to tell somebody tonight that the Lord can make a way. We're living in days where it looks like that God can't make a way. But I'm telling you, there have been situations like this before and God always has been able to make a way. I thought about when it looks like that we're in a place and we can't get out. I thought about here are the children of Israel. What's referenced here in the scriptures there at the Red Sea? God's brought them out, the Bible said, by a high and a mighty hand out of the land of Egypt. I mean, miraculous things have went on. God 
God sent plagues in the land of Egypt. He's executed judgment on Pharaoh, on the Egyptians, and on the gods of Egypt. He's gave a passage in the land of Goshen. Everything has been all right. The plagues have not been on the children of Israel, but they have been on the Egyptians. I mean, they've seen miraculous things. Now, the Bible said he showed, gave them favor in the eyes of the Egyptians. They gave them their silver and their gold and their jewelry and their possessions. They spoiled the Egyptians. And the very, that very night, God made a way for them to come out of the place of bondage that they've been in for hundreds of years. They come out singing a song. But just like the flesh that we preached about this morning, circumstances change and they go from singing a song to wishing they'd stayed in Egypt. I mean, they got down there and it looked like they're stuck. Have you ever felt like you're stuck? I mean, they had the Red Sea before them and Pharaoh and his armies coming hot on their trail. They turned to Moses and said, it's your fault if you'd have left us where we are. If you'd have just left us in Egypt. He said that you brought us out here to die in the wilderness. God had already told Moses what was going to happen. God had already told the man of God that it's going to get a little rough. But he said, don't you worry about it. He said, I still can make a way. Moses went to the people and he said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I don't know what that says to you, but I know what it said in my heart today. God said to Moses, I don't need your help. I can take care of it all by myself. And I'm telling you tonight, God don't need my help and he don't need your help. I'm that he can make a way when it seems like there is no way. When it looks like we're stuck and we can't go. I mean, when it looks like there's no way to get out of where we're at. I mean, put yourself in the shoes of the children of Israel. I mean, they're shouting victory one minute and they're pouting the next. And they're worried about their life. And they're thinking they're going to die. And they're blaming the man of God. And they're blaming God. And you and I have been there. It's the nature of the flesh. But I'm glad even when it looks like we're stuck, I'm glad God can make a way. We was talking about this morning now I don't have no Bible for this but historians say there's over 2 million come out of Egypt that night and the, uh, the scientists and all the mathematicians have sat down and figured it out and they said for that number of people to cross uh, uh, the Red Sea in a night it would have took a path over a mile wide uh, for them to be able to cross over uh, the Red Sea I mean we're talking about a God and you say well that's a big thing not to our God it's not it ain't no big thing go home I was reading it today and them same butterflies started rolling in my heart again uh, where Moses said they got to the other side and the Bible said God shut the sea back and drowned Pharaoh and his army and Moses sang a song in the ears of all the children of Israel. Let's go home and read Exodus chapter 16 and verse number 8 Moses said and with one blast of his nostrils he stood the waters up on the heat. I'm telling you it wasn't no big thing for God. He just made a way. That's what Moses said. 
I don't know if I can quote it word for word, but I want to read it. It helped my heart today. Exodus chapter 15, verse number 8. Moses said, With the blast of thy nostril, the waters were gathered together, and the flood stood upright as a heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. Yeah. Now, I don't know how deep that water is, but Isaiah several years ago stood on the shores of the Red Sea and watched big old yachts sailing out in the middle of it. And I couldn't see the other side of where I was standing. I don't know how far they had to cross. I don't know how deep the water was. But Moses said he rolled it all back. All the water just stood up as walls on the sides of the sea. Moses said they congealed. They just stood like concrete standing there. And we crossed over. And not only did they cross over, but they crossed over on Bradville. Oh, yeah. Brother Jeremy Oakley preached one time on when the dust settles. He got to preaching about how them chariots and them wagons got to going over the, the Israelites must have made some dust. And when the chariots of Egypt come in behind them, I mean Pharaoh commanded all of the chariots of Egypt and his choice men to follow hard after them. You don't think them horses and chariots have made some dust. And it looked like it was all over for the children of Israel. But I'm glad when the dust settled, God came out on top. And because God came out on top, so did his people. Amen, I'm going to tell you we're in this day and it looks like there's some hard days upon us and it probably is. We read about it in the word of God, it's going to get worse and worse. But I've got good news for you tonight. When the dust settles and it's all over, we'll be on top. You say why? Because God comes out on top every time. So I'll say tonight when it looks like we're stuck. I'm glad the Lord can make a way. I mean, when it looks like there ain't no going forward, when it looks like we're surrounded, I'm glad God can make a way. I thought about, and I really hadn't even thought about it till just now, about Elijah, or Elisha and his servant. I gave the message to the king of Israel not to go because the king of Syria had set up a trap there and he saved the people not once or twice. And the king of Syria got angry. He said, you better tell me what spy we got in the camp. They said, ain't nobody a spy, but there's a man of God down yonder and he's telling the king of Israel what you're saying in your bedchamber. He said, go get him. The Bible said he was in Dothan. And they come, he sent the mighty men. And they come past about this city. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it rattled. I'm just going to preach how it's on my heart tonight. I think it probably rattled the cabinets in the house. And the servant of the man of God said, what's this? And he opened the door. And his jaw hit the floor. And he said, alas, master, how shall we do? I mean, here we are. And we're surrounded. And the Bible said they stood all, all over the city on the mountaintops. All the chariots and all the warriors. He said, we ain't going to make it, man of God. But the Bible said he just bowed down to pray. Don't say he ever walked out the door. I didn't say he fled. He didn't say he worried. I didn't say he wondered. He just said, Lord, open his eyes. And the Bible said his eyes were open. And he saw chariots of fire and horses of fire. And Elisha said, fear not. There's more with us than there is with him. That didn't make no sense to that boy when he looked. 
And the first time with the eye flesh is just him and that old man, the preacher. And the preacher said, there's more with us than is with him. He said, it don't make no sense, but when his eyes got open, he figured out God could make a way. And when it didn't look like there was no way, I'm going to tell you in these days, it looks like we're outnumbered. And it looks like we're surrounded. But I got good news for you tonight. There's more with us than there is with him. Maybe not in numbers, man. But the Bible said, few there be that find it. And many go the broad way, many's more than few. But I'm going to tell you, God's the majority all by himself. Some people say, well, me and God make the majority. No, God's the majority with or without you. He's the majority all by himself. I mean, they put these bumper stickers on their car, says God's my co-pilot. He better be your pilot. If you're the pilot and he's the co-pilot, you're in bad shape. But I'm going to tell you, God is in control. He can't make a way. When it looks like we're stuck, when it looks like we're surrounded, oh, when we can't figure this out, I thought about I thought sometimes, you know, and I'm just preaching mountain language, how it come on my heart today. Sometimes we're stumped. We're scratching our head thinking, Lord, I know I'm doing what you told me to do, but it sure don't look like this is going to work out. Have you ever been there? I thought about Joshua when Moses died and God gave Joshua the command to lead the people. He said, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with thee. And the Bible said he magnified Joshua in the sight of all the people. And he said, tell them to get up and to go forward. They'll possess this land. But they must cross over Jordan. Now that didn't sound too bad until they got down yonder to the Jordan. And the Bible said it's over far in its banks. Now it ain't in there, but I think it's in there. I think them people stood around, scratched their head, and thought, Joshua's lost his mind. Joshua has misheard the word of God. There ain't no way we can cross the Jordan. They said it'd be bad enough when the Jordan's at its regular season, but it's a harvest season and it's overflowing its banks and there ain't no way we can make it. This don't make any sense. We need Moses back. They didn't need Moses back. They had their man of God. He had his direction from God. It might have stumped their figuring, but I'm glad even when we're stumped and can't figure it out, God can make a way. There have been many days in my life I scratched my head, thought, Lord, I know what you told me to do. And I'm trying my best to do what you said. But I thought, Lord, this don't make any sense. I mean, this don't look like it's ever going to work out. I think that's what the people were saying. I mean, there's flesh and blood just like me and you. I know how my heart would have felt. I know what my mind would have thought. I'd have thought something ain't right here. This will never work. How are we going to get across? And Joshua got to praying. And the Lord said, you tell the priest that bear the ark to pick it up. And Joshua said, he went over to the priest and told him what to do. And the Lord said, you tell the people that they're going somewhere they ain't never been. And the only way they can know how to go is to follow the ark. I'm telling you, we're entering into uncharted waters in this church age. But I sure am glad there's still an ark in the presence of the Holy Ghost. And the only way we're going to know how to make it is to follow Him. Follow His direction. Follow His leadership. We're going places we ain't never been. Yes, but I'm glad the Lord knows the way to go. He said, you tell the police, pick up the ark, put it on the shoulders. One on each corner. 
and he said, you tell them to walk over yonder under the Jordan. Now, if you can visualize women or not about that Jordan, it wasn't just flowing. You know, we experienced some flooding before. What that meant is it jumped its banks. I mean, it was ponding on both sides. There's a flow and a steady stream. It was like three rivers, one where it should be and one on either side. But Joshua said, the Lord said, touch the brim of the water. He said, you don't even have to get down in there where it's at. Just let your foot touch the water. And God said, he'd make a way. I, think, I don't know about you, but them priests, even though they were God's chosen men, it's still men. I think the whole time with it on their shoulders, it's thinking, I sure hope Joshua knows what he's talking about. I sure hope God's going to do what Joshua said he's going to do. And then about that time, the foot touched the water, and the Bible said it stood up. It's amazing. I had never thought about it to this morning when we was talking about it back there. The Bible said he cut off the water. It's still flowing. He didn't say stop the flow, just said he cut it off. Which meant that all the water kept flowing. And I'm just preaching what's on my heart. I don't know if it's right or not, but it feels right. I mean, that, that means the water kept flowing. And if the water kept flowing, that meant the heat kept getting higher and kept getting higher. And this is the same amount of people come out of Egypt. There's a few of them died in the wilderness, but a bunch more have come on. It's going to take them a while to get across the Jordan. But God's made a way. It don't matter how high the water gets, God's made a way to get across. His, them, them priest's feet touched the brim of the water. Go on, read it. That's what the Bible said when you touch the brim. And that water stood up. And I think after that, something flopped in them priest's heart. I think they turned around and said he did what he said he'd do. Just come on. Let's go on across. I'm going to tell you, if God's made a way for you, you ought to turn around to those of us that maybe we're waiting on God to make a way and say he's done it for me, boys. He can do it for you. That's what the priests were saying. God's on his word. God's been faithful. Just come on across. God's made a way. Even when we're stumped, I'm glad God can make a way. I'm glad he don't say, now, Brother Logan, when this figures up with you, I'll do it. Because he wouldn't do half the stuff he does. Because it don't make no sense to me. But I'm glad God knows what he's doing. Whether it makes any sense to me, he's irrelevant. And in reality, it don't matter what it does. He don't have to have my approval. And he don't have to have yours nor nobody else's. He's the sovereign God of the universe. He can do what he wants to, when he wants to, how he wants to, over what he wants to. And whether or not it makes sense to us don't matter. I'm letting make a way. And then I thought about and I'm done tonight. I'm glad it'll work when we're stuck. I'm glad it'll work when we're surrounded. I'm glad it'll work when we're stumped. I'm glad he can make a way when we're scared. And my heart got and I've been real fond. For the last few months, my heart's been knit pretty close with Acts 27. I believe that's a picture of where we are in this last day's church. That's the record of the storm the Apostle Paul's on. 
And if I was to, I could deny it if God wanted me to. I could preach so many similarities out of that scripture. Other the days that we're in. That the man of God would preach and they wouldn't hear the messages so stubborn. That their will was so stubborn they wouldn't hear. And thought they knew more than the man of God did. They based everything they thought on their feelings that were contrary to the word of God. That's where we are today. That's why these mega churches up and down the road are booming. They're doing everything by feeling and all their feeling is contrary to the word of God. I'm going to tell you something. I'm glad for feelings. I'm glad I got a salvation I can feel. If you got one you can't, then you ain't got the one I got. But I'm going to tell you the feelings of our salvation will always line up with the word of God. And when they don't, you better trash the feelings and run on the fight to the word and by faith. And it could go on and on and on. All the similarities about the storm, how bad it got, how it was around midnight. And that don't mean just the air on the clock. But midnight represents the end of one day and the beginning of another. And that's where we are, children. We're just about there. I mean, this is just about over. I believe the door's about to shut on the ark. I believe we're about to hear what Noah heard. And come on in. And come on up. And we're getting out of here. And then the Bible said about midnight, they deemed they drew near to some country. Yes, sir. And they got to sounding. By their technology of that day. <coughs> and they sounded once and there's 20 fathoms. And they sound again and there's 15 fathoms. You say, what does that mean, preacher? It means it's getting closer all the time. I'm going to tell you where we are. You say, the Lord didn't come today. No, but we're that one, one more day closer to his coming. You say, well, if he don't come tomorrow, we'll just be one more day closer to his coming. What if he don't come the next day? We'll just be one more day closer to I don't know when he's coming, but I know he's coming. But that storm come and it's a storm unparalleled. It's the greatest storm if you read this Bible, especially in the New Testament. It's the greatest storm ever recorded in the New Testament. And that's where you and I are tonight in the church. We're in the greatest storm that's ever been. And it scared the sailors. And I'm going to tell you what, there's a lot of the people of God getting a little unnerved in these days. You say, well, them sailors should have been better people. Well, can I remind you tonight that even the Apostle Paul said, all hope that we should be saved. We should be saved. We should be saved. Paul didn't say all hope they should be saved. Paul said, I kept hoping they lost. No, he said, we all lost hope that we should be saved. It was taken away. He said, we hadn't seen the sun or the stars in many days. He said, for 14 nights, we were driven up and down the coast of Asia. We didn't know where we were. And had no way of figuring it out. But he said about that time, the angel of God come. And he said, fear not, Paul. Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Paul, after all, now, you got to read the Bible. Pronounce the words right. Don't say absence. says abstinence. A lot of people think that it means just simply that Paul found a place alone. That would be absence. Paul, the Bible said after all, abstinence. To abstain means to go without. You say, what's Paul doing? He is fasting and praying. 
He needed a word from God. He didn't, it looked like there was no way that's going to make it out alive. And he needed God to make a way. And he was going to do what? It, now I got proof that they hadn't been eaten. Because Paul, after he got word from God, he told the sailors, he said, take some meat for it's for your health. He said, eat, it's going to be okay. You've been abstaining long enough, it's time to eat. God's going to make a way. After long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened to me and not a loose from Cretan to have gained this harm and loss. He said, But be of good cheer. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. Lo, God's given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. You say, what did Paul say in a nutshell? He said, boys, I know it don't look like he can, but God's going to make a way. And I'm going to tell you in these last days, there are going to be days we run up on. It may look like God can't do it, but I'm going to tell you, he's not going to, he already has. He's already made it us to escape the storm alive. Boy, I'm glad. Even when we're afraid. Even when we feel like the disciples saying, Lord, Master, don't you even care that we perish. I mean, if we really got, I got to thinking about that today and the Holy Ghost got to working on my heart and I realized some stuff in that statement, Brother John, I had never realized before. And it ain't in there in all the words, but it's in there. But then disciples were saying, Lord, we've watched you care about everybody else. We have watched you care for the dead. We have watched you care for the sick. We have watched you care for the blind. We have watched you care for the lame. And we have watched, watched you care for those possessed with demons. We have watched you care for the lepers. And we're your own men. Don't you care about us? And you probably identify with that. I know I do. Yes, there have been days I've said, Lord, it looks like you care about everybody else. Don't you care about me? You said, Preacher, I ain't never felt that way. You just hang on a minute. There'll be a day you will. Feel like, Lord, you've done it for everybody else. Can't you do it for me? Come in the house of God. Seems like everybody else is getting help. And you're just sitting there thinking, Lord, what about me? Coming to the house of God, everybody else is getting in. Everybody else is worshiping. Everybody else is feeling it. And you're thinking, Lord, what about me? Lord, we're afraid. Lord, we're in a storm. Lord, we don't know what to do. Lord, we don't know where to go. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to get out of this mess. Lord, if you don't intervene, if you don't make a way, we're going to perish. That's what they were saying. That's what Paul was saying. I don't know the record of Paul's prayers not in the Bible. But based upon the circumstances, Paul got earnest with God and his prayer probably went something like this. Lord, we need your help. We're going down. We're going under. There's no way to make it without you. I'm going to tell you, I think the Lord's allowing some of these things to go on in our day. Now, I'm not saying God, I know God is allowing, I'm not saying it's His will for all these things to go on. I know that God told Noah in Noah's day that His Spirit would not always strive with man. That word strive means to restrain, to withhold. In other words, God told Noah there's going to come a day that the people are going to keep asking for what they don't need and I'm going to get weary and I'm going to let them have it. Yeah. 
I think that's what's going on in America today. Thank God's letting us have what we think we want. He did it before to Israel. He'll do it again. They thought they wanted a king. God said, I'm your king. You don't need a king. They said, no, we want to be like all the other nations. God said, okay. Samuel wept. God said, get up. Don't weep. They've not rejected you. They've rejected me. He said, you don't need to be weeping for yourself. He said, you need to be weeping because they rejected me. But he said, give them a king. Give them what they want. And they soon found out it wasn't all they thought it would be. And I'm going to tell you that God's going to let America figure out. So I don't know when, but somewhere along the line, America's going to figure out this ain't all we thought we wanted. This ain't as pretty a picture as it was painted out to be. God will judge America. You say, preacher, you say that awful confident. I'm going on the word of God. Peter said God judged Sodom and Gomorrah and he left them for an example of any nation that should follow. And so that means if God judged them, God has to judge America because of his holiness and to keep his word. And we're entering into some storms and there have already been some days and going to be some more in the future that we're going to wonder, Lord, where you are. Where are you at? Lord, how are we going to get out of this? Lord, there ain't no way. But the songwriter said this, when it seems there is no way, He makes a way. I'm so glad. When it seems there is no way, He makes a way. I started to close my Bible today and get ready to come to church. And the Lord put this on my heart and I'm going to give it to you and I'm done. The Lord said to my heart today, because see, some of you have requested prayer for yourself and your loved ones. And we've heard others among us, even here in our congregation, that the doctors have said there's no way. It'll never be so. I think Wednesday night, Sister Connie testified about her daddy, about Brother Locke, about the doctors saying it just, it just can't happen. This is what the Lord said today about him making a way to my heart. He said, despite the doctors, despite the deniers, and despite the doubters, He said, I'll make a way. Now I'm going to tell you in 2022, despite what the doctors may say, despite what those that doubt may say, and as Peter wrote about the scoffers, the deniers, the deceivers, despite what they may say, I'm glad down in my heart I'm convinced and satisfied the Lord can make a way. I don't know what you're going through tonight. And I don't know where you are. You may feel like you're stuck. You may feel like you're surrounded. You may be left scratching your head and stuck. You may be scared and afraid. But I'm going to tell you, the Lord said to tell you tonight, He can make a way. You just hang on. Let God work. The writer said God likes to work when nothing else will. And that's the way He works. And I'm going to tell you tonight, God can and we'll make a way for you to get across. As we stand all over the house tonight, I'm done.